You're listening to The Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 94 of the Blended Family Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about dealing with difficult people. First, I want to thank JJen2935 for the nice five-star review. She said, the host is knowledgeable and shares valuable advice. The podcast is well thought out, and she shares practical steps to help the blended family grow. So grateful to have found this. I really appreciate that review. I know that it takes time out of your busy day to write me a review, so it really means a lot to me. And it also helps me with iTunes to be seen more so that more people can find the show. If you want to write me a review or give me a rating, simply go to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash iTunes and click write a review. Also, I am bringing you another family interview today after the topic discussion. I'd love some feedback from you all. Are you enjoying the interviews? Do you find them helpful? Let me know either by commenting on the show notes, leaving me an email, or messaging me on Facebook. I'm not going to give out all those links right now, but they're always in the show notes for you. So let's move on to our topic, dealing with difficult people. I'm pretty sure we all have difficult people in our lives, maybe more than one. And since we're talking about blended families, some of the people you are having a hard time with could be your stepchildren, your bio children, your in-laws, an ex-spouse, or even your own partner. Trying to deal with a difficult person is not easy, especially when it's family, right? You can't always distance yourself from family. You have to find ways to get along, to be together. And this can be really tricky in a blended family because... Sometimes the difficult person is someone your partner is close to, and as you know, that can cause problems in your own relationship. There are so many types of people or behaviors that you can categorize as difficult, so I'll name some for you. A narcissist, a sociopath, someone who suffers from depression, someone with anger issues, someone who is very vindictive, a gossiper, a know-it-all, a bully, a critic, a liar, someone who is a pessimist, a whiner, or a complainer. I could keep going, but I think you see where I'm heading. Now, many people have these traits sometimes, and that's okay. We're all not perfect. But here, I'm talking about a person who has one or more of these traits all the time, enough to where you would label them as that, enough to where it's causing issues in your family or in your relationship with them. And really, what you want to know is do people change? Can people change? Of course, you would love for that difficult person in your life to change their ways so your life becomes easier. And yes, absolutely, people can change if they really want to. The problem is that most difficult people don't know they're difficult. Many of the characteristics I went over are things that people aren't aware of. The difficult person doesn't know that they're difficult and that they're making the people around them miserable. And the ones that do know don't always care. Unless it's really affecting their relationships, they may not care to change. And sometimes they're incapable of change. And like I always tell you on this show, we cannot change other people. 
We cannot control other people. So my advice to you is do not try to change someone. You will end up disappointed. And that's not to say you shouldn't try to help someone change or bring their behavior to their attention. You can and should let them know what they're doing and why it's affecting the rest of the family. And you can encourage them to seek help. That's what we do for our loved ones. If this were a coworker or even a friend, we could cut ties with them, let it roll off our back. But that's not something we can do with family or people we have to see often, like an ex-spouse. What it really boils down to is that person can change, but only if they want to. And you can't make them want to. They have to do the work. So what can you do then? Besides helping to guide them, like I mentioned, since you can't control them or their actions, the only thing you can control is your reaction to them. Are you allowing their behavior to ruin your day or your life? Is it consuming you? You need to learn how to step back a bit, how to realize that you don't need to ruin your day because of someone else's behavior. And I know some of the behaviors of a difficult person are hard to ignore, sometimes impossible to ignore. But if you don't take care of yourself and your own emotions, you will end up miserable. And try not to waste a lot of time and energy on people that will drain you. Keep your distance as much as you can, but of course there are some people you really can't do that with, like a partner. One of the things you need to remember the most is to not take it personal. Whatever the difficult person is doing, Understand this is not about you. They most likely are exhibiting this behavior with other people as well. And you may feel like they're out to get you to ruin your life, but really they're just battling their own demons. A difficult person doesn't always know the right behavior to have. They might always do the wrong thing. And this is their issue. It's not your issue. They're the one with the problem. Whatever it is they do, They have to live with it or change it. They have to realize that they are pushing people away or ruining their relationships, but whatever they're doing, it's because of an issue they have within themselves. Just to give you a real quick example, let's say you're dealing with a partner's ex. That's a pretty common issue. So the ex is being difficult and they don't like you. You're the new partner, the new step-parent in their child's life. Don't think for one second that they don't like you, so the problem must be you. No. Most likely, they could be dealing with a number of things like insecurity with the kids, bitterness from the divorce, or jealousy. So that is their issue, not yours. Does this make sense? So whatever the difficult person in your life is doing, try to think about where it's coming from. And being a little bit empathetic can help. You certainly don't need to excuse their behavior. But trying to understand why they are the way they are could help. Do they have other problems in their life? Do they have a rough childhood, medical issues? Sometimes it helps to know. It's, it's not about making an excuse for somebody, but having compassion for a difficult person helps in so many ways. And the next thing I want to say is for you to try and learn the patterns of this person, learn what makes them tick, figure out what gets them going, what starts a problem, learn the signs of an upcoming issue. So by understanding the difficult person better, you can kind of anticipate what they might do. You can interact with them better and you can learn how to react properly to diffuse a situation. And that will be your best defense against them. 
And then I want you to set some boundaries. And this part is to protect yourself. Difficult people will use your weaknesses against you. Now, I'm a person who usually advises you not to fight because that will make things worse. But that doesn't mean you have to take abuse from someone either. It's okay to tell someone how you expect to be treated. You have to show people how you expect to be treated. It's okay to let them know that their behavior is unacceptable. You have to do that. If you don't, that person will continue doing what they're doing. And setting boundaries does not have to be an argument. The difficult person will want an argument, but you don't have to raise your voice or get upset. This will all work better if you're calm. Don't argue, just let them know what you want and what you need. And the way to communicate with a difficult person is not by getting loud or argumentative because that will escalate the problem. The calmer you are, the better you'll come across and most likely will then calm them down as well. And when you do communicate, always try to think before you speak. You should always do that really, but think about what you're going to say so that you say something that will work for them and not agitate them more. You know, you don't want to push the buttons of a difficult person on purpose because that's not going to help you. And that goes back to learning what makes them tick. Everyone communicates differently. So by learning different ways to communicate with different family members is really effective. I deal with that even with all of my children. I can't really talk to them all the same way or discipline them all the same exact way. They have very different personalities. And I'm sure you notice that in your family too. So everyone needs to be handled a little bit differently. And remember, you can always walk away. Maybe not permanently because we are dealing with family, but we can walk away from a situation if it's getting too heated. If things aren't going anywhere, aren't getting better, it might be a good time to separate yourself from that person for just a little bit. And it can help both of you to think more clearly. And the last thing I want to leave you with is people are in our path for certain reasons. Sometimes the most difficult people in our lives are here to teach us a lesson. Or it could be that we're here to teach them a lesson. Look at your relationship with this person in your life. What could be the hidden lesson that you can be learning right now? Is it to be more compassionate, more tolerable? Could it be to teach you that you need to set those boundaries or that you need to stand up for yourself even? I want you to think about that. Sometimes our greatest lessons come from difficult relationships. Allow the difficulties to reveal hidden lessons in your life. I hope this information was helpful to you in some way. I think we all come across difficult people throughout our lives and learning how to manage them will make things easier for you. And if you have tips that you would like to share on how you might deal with difficult people, please send them my way. And now we are going to move on to the family interview segment of the show. Enjoy. This is the part of the show where we get to know one of our listeners and learn more about their blended family. Today, I'm speaking with Matthew Cochran from Tampa, Florida. Their blended family has been together for over a year now and includes his three children, an eight-year-old boy, a seven-year-old boy, and a three-year-old girl, and his fiance Sarah's five-year-old boy. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to have a man's perspective. I know that I have male listeners, but mostly I hear from the women, so welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to provide a male perspective. Yeah, it's going to be great. So first, why don't you tell us your story? How did you meet Sarah? 
Yeah, so uh, Sarah and I met at church, uh, but it was not love at first sight. We were both married to other people at the time, so we didn't really uh, uh, interact or anything like that at the time. It was just sort of a uh, meeting and passing, you know. We got to know each other over the years, but as a um, acquaintances, you know, and uh, uh, a few years into us knowing each other, her relationship ended, and a few years later, mine ended, and um, we just started talking as friends. You know, she reached out to me and said, you know, I've been through what you're going through. Do you want to talk? And uh, I was usually pretty hesitant to talk to a female about what was going on, but I, I felt like I needed a female perspective. So I reached out to her and, you know, uh, over time, our uh, friendship grew stronger and our uh, friendship grew into more than friendship. We still have a friendship, but, you know, we, uh, we got beyond that. Of course. Well, that's pretty cool because you have a really good foundation since you started off as friends in the church. So um, that's that's a wonderful way to meet, actually. So, Matthew, what is your biggest struggle and what is your greatest joy? So what I want to know, in your opinion, is what is the best part and the worst part of having a blended family? Well, I love that we, you know, get to be a team together. I love that we get to add our our respective families together, you know, her kid and my kids. Uh, but that's also the hard part is that we already know how we each parent. You know, we're I'm already a parent. She's already a parent. So we're not learning this together like when people have biological kids together. We're right. Um, we have slightly different um, perspectives on certain things. And so we have to um, come to a conclusion on how we're going to parent the kids in that way. Yeah, that's a really common theme that I see all the time. I mean, it happened even with me. You know, you you raise your kids differently and then you come together and you kind of have to get somewhat on the same page if you're going to make it work. You guys live together, right? Uh, not yet, not yet but no. we spend a lot of time together and uh, all, with all the kids together. We're getting married October 15th and then we're looking for a place and we'll all be living together. But we're getting the kids used to that idea by spending a lot of time together. Yeah, well, congratulations on the upcoming wedding. That's Thank really you. exciting. I just got married in May and it was a big, it was a lot of work, but it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So what are some lessons that you think you've learned along the way? You know, I think we've learned a lot about communication since we've been in this relationship. And as far as parenting, it's the same. You know, we have, like I said, we have different perspectives. Um, And we each have shared custody. I have 50-50 with my ex-wife. And Sarah has like a 60-40, I guess, with her ex-husband. So we have our kids a lot. And so we have, um, you know, agreements with our our co-parents that we have to uh, respect And so, um, you know, if Sarah does something a little bit different with her son, but I have to respect the way that, uh, you know, that my ex does things, then we have to talk through those things. And I think that the few times that we've really found ourselves in that situation, we've had to learn how to talk about those things without it being a big deal and a big conflict and, uh, you know, causing issues between us just because we uh, have kids that uh, we have to parent together. Absolutely. And you want to make sure that with the exes, you keep things as good and stable as possible, you know, for the kids' sake, because fighting and disagreeing just doesn't make things easy. So what's something that you know now that you wish you knew back then when you met Sarah? You know, I I thought really hard about this one because uh, I'm pretty introspective and I like to look back on things. and, And this is a hard one to answer for me because... 
I feel like I've grown so much along the way Mm -hmm. in little steps that I don't know what one thing I wish I knew other than I wish I knew when it was when it was hard at the beginning, I wish I knew that we were going to get to the point we're at now. Yeah. Because uh, knowing that it was going to be okay, knowing that all the kids were going to mesh, knowing the kids were going to be okay with us getting married would have taken away some of my anxiety. And so um, I'm glad to have learned what I've learned and grown in little steps. But that's the one thing is I just wish I would have had that peace of mind of knowing, yeah, this is actually going to be okay. Yeah, I actually love what you said there because um, that's something that I tell a lot of my listeners all the time is it's going to get easier. And, you know, I agree with you. I struggled with some of the same things in the beginning of the relationship. Like you just, it's so stressful in the beginning sometimes and you just don't know if it's ever going to get better. And a lot of people do give up because they don't think that they can get through it. But, you know, once you get over that hump, things calm down and, you know, it's not always easy and there's always going to be conflict and issues coming up, but things do get more meshed together in an easier way after you get to a certain amount of time together. So thank you for saying that. That was really great. Yeah. Um, If you could change one thing about your blended family, what would it be and why? I think, you know, one thing that's been a little bit of a struggle for us uh, when we spend time here in my place is that um, Sarah's son doesn't really have a space of his own and he has to share with uh, with my boys in the rooms. And we kind of have him, you know, doing the sleeping bag thing. And I kind of wish from the get-go we would have made more of a space for him so that he felt at home here. Yeah. Because... Um, that's kind of been one of his struggles, you know, he, he even verbalized that the other day when having some behavior issues and we said, what's going on with you? And he just kind of expressed, you know, when I'm there, it doesn't really feel like home. And I wish we would have made it more like that. You know, we're going to buy a house and we're going to have all of us living there and it will be all of our home. But this has been kind of a place that he visits. Right. And, um, and sometimes my kids are like, no, that's my toy. You can't play with it. And, yeah. you know, uh, I, I just wish we would have made a little bit more of an effort to make it kind of a, more of a sanctuary for him like it is for my kids. Yeah. Well, that's nice of you to recognize that. And are, is everybody going to have their own room in the new house or how are you going to work that out? Well, we're hoping so. If we can find a big enough house, everybody will have their own room. We're we're looking at some houses that have that, and that would be a great option. But otherwise, uh, a couple of them will have to share. Uh, the oldest will get his own room, and the girl will get her own room, and then the two middle uh, age kids will uh, share a room. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense with four kids. I mean, you know, we have four kids as well, and plus we have grandma living here. So we would realistically need six bedrooms, and that's just not something that we can do. So we've yeah. always had the kids sharing, and, you know, Sometimes you just have to do that with a blended family. It's it's very hard when you have a large family for everybody to have their own space right. all the time. So uh, let's see. What do you do to keep a positive attitude and a sense of peace? Um, again, we communicate a lot. You know, we say things to the kids when they get whiny. We say, "Hey, tell me something that you're thankful for," and we do that to kind of bring down the level of you know, animosity that's going on and get their perspective back into what they, uh, where they need to be, get their attitude in check. Hey, you know, you don't need to be fighting. This doesn't need to be happening. You know, we, we want a home that has peace and we want a home that has a lot of gratitude. So we'll say, um, you know, what's something that you're thankful for? And I think the other thing is just, we try to model that 
you know, we we have our disagreements. We try not to do any of that in front of the kids, and we try to always be peaceful and let them know that that's what's expected from them too. Absolutely. And Matthew, have you found any helpful resources that you'd like to share, such as books, websites, podcasts, etc.? Yeah, um, you know, uh, a podcast just aired today that a guy that I talked to, We Rad Dads, with um, Walter Eggers, has been huge. In uh, just, it's a community of dads that are just trying to be there for each other and just be sort of a tribe. And then the Real Dad Show with Rocco DeLeo is also, uh, you know, I've I've talked to these guys personally, and now I'm like texting with them, I'm friends with them, and I just found the 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 resources there isn't necessarily the podcast. The resource that I have is the is the guys that host the podcast. Yeah, uh, they've become friends of mine, and we're you know kicking things back and forth, and uh, I love that. And there's a uh, you know, Facebook group for We Rad Dads, and uh, there's other guys on there, and it's just a huge resource. It's well, that's great. great for all the dads, and I'm going to have to let my husband know about that too because he would like that. Uh, men need a place to go. There's there's really not enough resources out there for men, so I'm glad that you shared that. And the last question: What advice can you offer to other blended families? Something maybe that you know you're doing right, or something that you have found helpful for your family. I'd say just make everyone feel like they are part of the family and uh, be uh, constantly aware of the fact that that might not always be happening. There may be one kid or they may, there may be one person involved that's not feeling like they're fitting in and just like look for the signs and just notice it and then do what you can to step in and um, make the effort to be like, hey, we're all one family, we're all one unit, we're all one team. And uh, I think that's a direction we're going. We're not perfect about it, but we're we're looking to go in that direction. And I think that's something I see other people struggling with. And I, I bring that up to them. Hey, just make sure everybody knows we're all one family. That is great advice. Now, Matthew, you are doing a few things that I'd like to talk about. The first is that you are also a podcaster. So can you tell us a little bit about your show? Sure. Well, I've got my own that I do called the MJC Podcast, but Sarah and I co-host together and it's taken on sort of a life of being relationship oriented although that's not necessarily how we started out and that one's called beauty and the beard and we just we've gotten a lot of feedback on that show that people want more of it so uh, it was just something we tried out and we're, we're going to keep going with that so we have two episodes out and uh it's something that i think it helps us because we have to talk about the issues that, uh, with each other before we go on the air and talk about them on the podcast. And so it helps us to grow a little bit. And then it's also helping some other people as they hear us talking about issues that are, uh, that pertain to their lives. Absolutely. I just found out about your podcast today, so I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but I will definitely check that out tomorrow. And the other thing you're doing is managing a Facebook group called Tactical Dads. Can you talk about that a little? Sure. It's kind of the same idea behind the resource I just mentioned of uh, We Rad Dads. Tactical Dads is trying to get people together that are dads that want to be intentional. Because uh, we all know dads that are out there that don't really care and aren't hands-on. Mm -hmm. But for all the dads that are hands-on and do want to be involved in their kids' lives, uh, I want to get those guys together so that we can share resources and talk about things. Like just the other day I went on and said... Uh, you know, my eight-year-old got a, a VR 
uh, goggle set, are there any good apps that I should download? And people started giving me feedback. And these are other dads that are telling me what their kids are doing. And so I'm not going into just a quote-unquote parents group, not going into a mom's group. It's just other other guys that are that are uh, involved in their kids' lives. And it's uh, it's meant to be a resource. It's meant to be a, a group of friends and just a network that's there for dads. Well, that sounds really great. And I am going to go ahead and put the links to both your Facebook page and the podcast in the show notes so the listeners can check those out. Thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on the show to share your story. I'm sure your input will be so helpful. Thank you. And thank you for your podcast. And if any of you listening want to have a conversation with me like Matthew did, please contact me. I'd love to have you. Just send an email to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and put interview in the subject line, and I will send you the information to schedule. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.